This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. And we start today in China, where consumers are snapping up one of the unlikeliest EVs in the market. According to LMC Automotive, the Wuling Hongguang Mini EV sold more than 20,000 units in September, making it the number one EV in China by far. What's remarkable is the car is a tiny two-door with a starting price of just over 3,600 bucks. It also doesn't qualify for subsidies because of its short range, up to 170 kilometers or 105 miles. EVs must have 300 kilometers or about 186 miles of range to qualify for subsidies in China. But with a price like that, who needs subsidies? Now over to Germany, where Volkswagen already launched the ID3 and is now going to pull forward other EV projects, and it's moving down market. Reuters reports the automaker will make a small BEV about the size of a Polo that sells between 20,000 and 25,000 euro, which is about 24,000 to $30,000. While this move will plug a gap in its lineup, the shift down market could also be seen as a reaction to possible stricter emission rules that could hurt sales of VW's ICE cars. And don't forget about VW's partnership with Ford. We wonder if Ford would also be interested in coming out with a polo-sized EV as well. In other Volkswagen news, CEO Herbert Dice wants to know the company is behind his shift to electrification. So he asked the controlling families on VW's board to extend his contract as a vote of confidence. But his current contract doesn't expire until 2023. So why is he going after an extension now? Well, here's our Autoline Insight. European companies are conservative. They are not as flexible and willing to change as American or Chinese companies. Europe has all the talent and technology it needs to compete, but not the right business climate. That's why Europe doesn't have any globally dominant tech companies like Apple, Google, Alibaba, or Tencent. And at Volkswagen, Dice has had a hard time to get approval for his revamping of the company into an electric tech company. But an extension could give Dice the confidence needed when there's pushback from the board. Otherwise, he might just walk away. I don't understand which hole has the car key in it. Come on, I don't want to be late to this. You're killing me, man. The all-new Elantra with Hyundai Digital Key. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. General Motors signed an agreement to work with Nikola this morning but it's a non-binding agreement to sell fuel cells for Nikola Semis. GM wants to build the fuel cells to Nikola's specs and integrate them into Nikola Semis. But that's pretty much it. No mention of the Badger pickup truck at all. So that sounds like it's never going to happen. Remember, Nikola's founder, Trevor Milton, had built a business plan around fuel cell semis 
then unexpectedly announced plans for a pickup when that segment seemed to get red hot after announcements from Tesla, Rivian, and Lordstown. Trevor Milton, as you know, got bounced out of the company after accusations of lying to investors. And it looks like the new management team is sticking to the original plan of fuel cell semis. One thing's for sure, the stock market did not like the news. Nikola's stock was down 21% in early trading. And let's stick with the stock market a moment. Whenever you see a list of the top automotive suppliers, they're always ranked by revenue. The ones that generate the most sales are always at the top. But that doesn't necessarily capture the value of a company. For example, if you list suppliers by revenue, Magna is the largest in North America, followed by Lear, Adian, Aptiv, and Borg Warner. But when you list them by market capitalization, it's a very different story. Market capitalization is the value the stock market places on a company. It's calculated by multiplying the total number of shares by how much they're trading at. And when you do that, Aptiv jumps to the top of the list with a market cap of nearly $33 billion, followed by Magna at about $24 billion. Then comes BorgWarner at $9.6 billion, Lear at $8.8, and Gentex at $8 billion. The real surprises here are Aptiv and Gentex. Why does the market value them so highly? Because it perceives them to be tech companies. And these days, the stock market is crazy about tech. Bentley is known for its high-end vehicles, but it's going back to the basics for its latest option. The automaker is now offering tweed door trim options for the Flying Spur, Continental GT, and Bentayga. It's available in four patterns and is part of the company's efforts to use more sustainable materials in its vehicles. Bentley didn't reveal what the option costs, but we like this one with the checker pattern the best. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game, and by Hyundai. Opel's all-electric rally series just took another step closer to reality. The Corsa E rally car completed a three-day test last week that covered 1,500 kilometers, or 932 miles, and simulated two complete rounds of the German Rally Championship. The ADAC Opel E-Rally Cup Series kicks off next year. Hyundai announced it will have a new entry-level SUV that it says is a primarily European product, so we're not sure if it will be offered in markets outside of that. But it's called the Bayon and is a B-segment model that will launch in the first half of next year. That's all we've got for today. Thanks for watching, and we hope to see you again tomorrow.